Oh my goodness gracious. Podcasts are bodacious. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. If you are keeping count at home or wherever you're listening to this, this is episode 26 in total, or if you want to be real specific, it is season 5, episode 2. I am your host, Kevin Krein, aka Kevy Fly, your favorite podcast host's favorite podcast host, and uh, as we had discussed in the first episode of this season, sometimes podcasts have too long of an introduction, so I'm going to save all of the housekeeping and credits for the very end, and we're going to jump right into this interview. Folks, I am so excited for today's guest, who was kind enough to chop it up with me, uh, singer-songwriter out of Phoenix, Arizona, responsible for one of my favorite records of the year. Ladies and gentlemen in podcast land, put your motherfucking hands together for my guest today, Sydney Sprague. So first of all, I can't even begin to thank you enough for you being willing to do this. Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) Um, for taking time out of your day, because I know you got a lot going on. So I'm just very appreciative that you were willing to make the time to do this. So this means a lot. Oh man, thank you so much. I'm Um, very excited. But so um, for folks who are not familiar with you, do you want to just give a little brief um, introduction about yourself? And yeah. kind of your, I mean, you put out a record at the beginning of the year. Do you want to talk about that a little? Um, and then we can get into kind of the the structure of the show. Yeah. So my name is Sydney Sprague. I am a singer-songwriter from Phoenix, Arizona. I put out my first full-length record ever um, <laughs> earlier at the beginning of this year. Um, great timing. Um, it's called Maybe I Will See You at the End of the World. And it's... Um, it's about, you know, my suspicions that the world was going to end uh, <laughs> leading up to 2020. So <laughs> I did want to I did want to ask, like, I know that you recorded it and finished recording it right before things got really chaotic and terrible yeah. at the start of the <laughs> pandemic last year. Yeah. Um. So what was it like sitting on a record that had been recorded for almost a year in terms of like getting it like mixing it and getting it pressed and everything like was it intentional to wait a year I actually didn't I guess I waited a little bit I didn't wait that long um I finished recording it in January of 2020 okay so it was I was in Seattle when the first case of COVID was in the U.S. in Seattle at the same time so it was like a it was a it was a weird time because the record itself was about, you know, again, feeling like the world was going to end. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, trying to convince myself that it wasn't and be positive <laughs> and, yeah, I can do the thing. And then I did the thing and then that happened. Um, and so I put out the first song um, by myself independently in, I want to say it was June of 2020 so oh, right. yeah, you were was... doing some singles up until yeah. The end. yeah 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 so I started with I refuse to die because it felt timely 
That is also an absolute banger of an opening track. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It was the last song that I wrote for the album. Um, And again, it was just like trying to manifest, uh, you know, a non-apocalypse situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in terms of, I know that you do the live streaming performances uh, on Monday nights and sometimes on Friday nights mm-hmm. and you have a tour that you're going on this fall and you've got some, you've played some shows in your area. Um, but how, how has your last year and a half been? Like, how are you doing? How has this impacted like what you, how you perform or like your kind of like regular, regular flow of creative work and as a performer? Yeah. I mean, it's been weird. Um, <laughs> my, my regular flow is just not, yeah. not a thing anymore. Um, before, before all this last, I, I keep saying last year in the last two years before 2020, 20, um, 2019, the dark 2019, ages, the before times. Yeah. The yeah. before, before times. Um, I, I wasn't really doing too much of the fun stuff. I was playing cover gigs for a living um, in bars and restaurants and I had released some EPs and stuff like that and played some original shows of my own music and like real venues but not a ton so I had this uh this you know like crisis moment of like what am I doing with my life I have to I have to uh follow my dreams or whatever um, I think we're gonna get into a little bit of that with one of the songs that you picked I did listen to these all six of these on my uh sad walk in the morning uh, yeah. on Monday and I'm sure it was a very sad walk based on my choices <laughs> I mean I usually do I mean my days off I can either I try to stay really busy and sometimes I have to just take a walk through the neighborhood get out of the house and so I call them my sad walks and so I made a playlist <laughs> with your tunes and I I I got to the one and I was like, oh, I bet I know why we're going to talk about that one. And this is your list is great here because I only can speak uh, to one of these. I only really Really? knew one of these songs. Yeah. So the rest of these are like total surprises, things I had never heard. I am uh, excited to hear about where they fall into your life and why you selected them. So, um, but I'm glad you've been like making making do the last year aside from like putting out singles and then getting the record up but like you've been doing the live performances online yeah and like trying to stay creative and active but has it been difficult has that been really really difficult it's been I feel like I've been really lucky um that I've had so much to focus on with getting the record out and um yeah with the live streams it's been really fun the first couple of times I did it, I was really unsure if it was just going to be like me and my parents <laughs> on the Twitch stream. Um, but yeah, there's been like a really cool group of regulars that have showed up and um, it's kept me feeling like I have some social interaction. And um, yeah, I have a studio in my house. Um, That's my, helpful. My partner's a really good producer. So we've made lots of songs and yeah, it's not right. bad. Feeling like something was there on the tip of my tongue. 
Um, so the first one, and this is, is Danielle like a friend of yours? Like Very a pretty good, good friend. friend? Yeah, that's what I kind of, I kind of gleaned. Yes, I'm a fan first and a okay. friend second. But okay. that being said, she is my best friend. So you picked, um, this is this her from her first album? I think it's from it's from her second album. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I had a really hard time picking a song from her. I knew I had to do one of them, but she is um an incredible writer and this one felt the most uh this one has had the most impact on me, I think. So this is called Something Good. Yes. And so she is also a Phoenix uh area singer-songwriter? She is, yeah. Um so how did you two like I mean it, you had been aware of her before befriending her but how did how do you forge a friendship like that do you just like come up after a show and loom at the merch table and you're like <laughs> hey do you want to be pals or like how does that how does that work Well funny enough we had never met and had never heard of each other um and we found each other on Instagram <laughs> and I th- I feel like that really speaks to like what the Phoenix music scene is like because it's such a big city and it's so compartmentalized that there's really not much like um, communicating between different parts of the music scene. So I had I had never heard of her. And we both were doing this thing where we would go on Instagram. Um, particularly, we both were using Phoebe Bridger's Instagram page to try to like get fans basically get like <laughs> followers on Instagram we would go through the comments and find people and kind of like stalk people low-key to be like oh this person seems like they would like my stuff um and so you follow them and like you know just like chat and stuff and hope that they hope that they like your music so we both kind of did that to each other Oh, that's um, so charming. That's a really yeah. cute story. That's a that's how friendships are forged through stalking yes. on Instagram. That this is uh this is the future. And um <laughs> yeah, that's how we met and then we became really really close really fast. Did a couple tours together. Um briefly, they spent a summer in LA together and wrote some songs and yeah. And so she sings on your album. She does. She sings on Object Permanence. Yeah. And, and I'm you, on a song you, called Billy. Yeah, I was like, you are on her new album because yeah. I had her. I feel like I heard of her after I started following you. Nice. And so I have been. I've been listening to her a lot. She's um, amazing. She's yeah. so good. So, have you toured outside of like the the Southwest and like the Phoenix area before? Have you done national tours before, or um, is this going to be like this one in the fall, like your first time? Out. I've done some little like Danny and I did some living room tours. Oh, okay. Um, kind of in the uh, up the West Coast mostly. Okay. okay. And then I've done a good amount, a decent amount of stuff in California. Um, but besides that, I haven't been out east like hardly at all. Okay. And I haven't played actual real venues also. So <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a whole new situation. Yeah. 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 To think that none of our sufferings wasted, but I just don't know how to make something good out of this.
on the song Something Good. And yeah. so what what is it about this one that you um was you said that you had a hard time selecting one of her. So yeah. how did you finally select this one as the one you wanted to do? This is her most existential song. I don't think in general she's as much of a a paranoid person <laughs> as I am. But this this is the one where she really let it loose. Okay. Um and just the first the first opening lines always like I tear up every single time, but it's uh, the first lines are I woke from a dream where I lost all my teeth. I don't know what it means, but it had me feeling like something was there on the tip of my tongue, like some words of communion. I wish I remembered them. I think it was important. And I also have horrible, horrible nightmares all the time. Um, and they do like I, I feel like I get left with this feeling of like, like I'm supposed to be finding some kind of meaning Oh yeah, in them, yeah, but yeah. I just can't quite place it. Do you and, do you write down your dreams? You know, I I try to, but I usually don't, and I should. Um, but sometimes they're just so horrifying that I don't even want to like. Oh yeah, I put understand. it out there. I understand. Yeah, my wife. Um, I don't think she does it anymore. She used to. She had a dream journal right by her bed, and uh she would occasionally remember something very wild and then write it all out and then she'd read it back to me and i would be like wow that sounds like a like a horror movie <laughs> yeah. and it was always very like i'm in a house and it's like the house i grew up in but it's not and mm -hmm. then the walls keep moving <laughs> and my childhood best friend is there and then people are trying to get in the house and attack us and i have to kill all these people and i'm like that is are you okay like yeah. what did you do right before bed that right. prompted all of this <laughs> so i get it but yeah when i was listening to this to prepare for the show the line about the the having the dream about teeth i have that too yeah so I isn't think that, that so weird yeah that's a very common it like is. theme i think that people have uh, teeth dreams it teeth is dreams are, and you wake up and you're like are all my teeth still in my mouth right and, do and i don't know check. why it's so scary I don't know why that's such a common thing. I've like, you know, I've done some research. I've talked to my therapist about it. It's like, <laughs> why my teeth? Why are my teeth crumbling? Like, yeah, well, teeth crumbling is is definitely a, a common, yeah. Especially yeah. I have, I, um, I wear, I have to wear a mouth guard at night because I grind yep. the shit out of my teeth. Same, same. Oh, yep. nice. <laughs> Grind, grinding gang in the building. Um, yes. But so when I wake up and I've had like a bad dream or like a teeth dream, I am like, is everything still intact? What yep. is this thing in my mouth? Oh, this is the thing that's saving me. <laughs> and oh, I'm glad. I, I, you know, the more I talk about this funny, the more I talk about uh, grinding my teeth at night, the more other people are like, oh, yeah, me too. I wear yeah. a mouth guard too. And I don't feel as bad. We should try no. to eliminate the stigma around um, keeping your teeth as uh, in, best, in the best shape you can and wearing a mouth yeah. guard. Um, and just grinding away at bits of plastic instead. One hundred percent. I have I have really bad TMJ, which is like oh a yeah, part of that yeah. Um, and I went to a specialist recently, and the only like fix for it is to wear like a permanent guard for like six months, um, daytime, Yikes. nighttime, all the time, and it gives me the worst <laughs> lisp. You can imagine, and as a singer, it's not ideal. Yeah, that's probably not going to be such a good look when you're like out on stage. You're like, no, don't, don't mind my Invisalign. Hey guys, here. yeah, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> my beneath line. Yeah, that's probably not going to be good for the alliteration <laughs> in your name. Mm -mm, no, uh, so I think I'm giving. Yikes. up. I think I'm just accepting <laughs> the TMJ. Yeah. yeah. 
so anything else about uh, this this song, something good, or Daniel's yeah. music in general? Um, the the like chorus to the song is, I like to think that none of our suffering's wasted, but I just I just don't know how to make something good out of this. Yeah, um, that hit me real hard the other mm, day. Let's keep it mm-hmm. funky. I felt very seen when I was uh, yeah. walking through the neighborhood with this one on. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just you know that's my own uh, feelings about you know, the world and, yeah. you know, when people say like, everything happens for a reason, like, does no, it? Doesn't. Why? No, it doesn't. Why yeah. would any of this <laughs> be happening then? Um, so yeah, it's, it's dark, um, but it's, it's in line with uh, kind of my day-to-day thoughts of like, well, something horrible could happen at any moment. And I'm just sitting here on this rock in space <laughs> waiting for Something. The horrible things. <laughs> Waiting for the horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is her new album finally out on it like, is. on vinyl yet? Oh, I'm I think she's I think almost. Okay. I think they're coming very soon. Okay. I had sent her a message asking and she said, Almost. Yeah. Just hang tight. I know. And I was like, okay, cool. Apparently, um, what I've heard is that there's been a huge problem with uh companies not being able to get enough wax to make vinyls recently so (sighs) big vinyl big vinyl has big vinyl (laughs) you know the funny thing is is like i i i mean i buy a lot of records i like supporting artists who are willing to put in like the effort to put something out on vinyl and that's how i primarily listen to music and it it really it's upsetting when small artists or like even like kind of mid like mid-range artists who are putting something out they're like hey it's coming out oh there's been a delay in the vinyl it will be out for another six months or like oh this i can't i can't put this out because there's such a weight at the pressing plant right and that's just so disheartening because then it's like Oh, I can get a copy of Tupac's greatest hits yeah. at Target. That yeah. was like I'm just kind of like Target vinyl does not need to cut no. in line. It does to, to a small artist who's just trying to like get their work out. Right. It's yeah. That's very sad. Did you run into that at all? Because I know you did like a bunch of variants of yours and it's all sold out now in the U.S. Um, yeah. Well, I have distribution through my label and they're yeah. in Italy. Oh, okay. So hey. I think they, hey, pasta. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, did, they, did they make them out of pasta? Yeah, That's they terrible. are. They are 100% wheat um, <laughs> vinyl variants. Uh, <laughs> the red one is marinara Marinara, sauce. yeah. Oh, that's one um, I got, so that'll be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call to the devil and the devil, dear come. Said to the devil, devil, do you like drums? Do you like cigarettes, dominoes, rum? He said only sundown, Sundays, Christmas. Some days end when I need a few friends. Now and again, I can never hope to keep them. Thought to give friends what I thought that they wanted. Never had they needed a good friend as I've been. Don't give me vent. On friends who resent you Cause all you've ever done Is been a noose to hang on to They thought was a necklace And reckless They fell into hell We both hang with nothing to do But scratch kick The gravity went like Fall this The gravity went like You could leave it all behind Even the devil need time alone sometimes You could let it all go You could let it all go It's called Free fall It's called Free fall the devil and the devil said quit Can't be bothered, better handle your shit 
Keep about your wits, man. Keep about your wits. Know yourself and who you came in with. Can I sit down? I've been hustling all day. I can't even count how many souls I made. Off the same deal you wrong. Remember the devil ain't a friend to no one. But find truth when you can let it all go. You can let it all go. It's called Free I've never heard of this band. No way, really? No, yeah, really. I've never no. So oh, I know nothing about so them. Good. And this I thought that I really liked this song a lot. Yeah, it's a great song. It was very wild. Yes. Um So tell me about the band Rainbow Kitten Surprise. They are awesome for one. Um <laughs> their that... their songs are kind of all over the place, and I feel like my favorite thing is that there's like there's a really good sense of humor um to most of their music um and it's you know it's dark and there's a lot of feelings but there's it's it's tucked in there in really clever ways um and it's a lot of like more storytelling style um and the song in particular is a it's like a conversation with the devil basically yeah yeah um but the but the overall premise of the song is that um it's it's easier to just give up <laughs> on brand for me. Hello. This is this, the brand is strong. The brand is strong. The brand this is, is uh, so strong. Um, this is gonna be the most uplifting episode of this so podcast sorry. thus far. I'm no, so don't sorry. don't do not apologize. I am uh, Mr. Downey Clowney himself, <laughs> so uh, I am very on board with all of this. Let's yeah. fucking go. Um, all right. So this song is called. It's called Free Fall, but yeah. like, how do you, how did you get into Rainbow Kitten Surprise? Like, where does this fall into like, kind of like your, I mean, this is, let's just take a step back. You picked six songs. How, what kind of criteria did you use to do these? Like, did you come up with like different times in your life or things that are important to you when you were developing your craft as a songwriter? Like, where does this one fall into your, your life or your artistic life? Yeah, I think I I went for the songs that like um that lyrically feel that I feel like the most connected to or I feel like kind of um like things that I feel like I could have written. Okay. Um if I if I went for like songs from periods of my life, we would have had some uh some Britney Spears in here, some Fallout Boy. It would have been pretty embarrassing. Oh no! There's nothing wrong with Britney. I could I, mean, t- no, I could go long. Mean. I could go long on Britney if you so want. Honestly, to. Do- same. But it's not. There's not a lot of like depth to those. No, lyrics, I get it. Know? I mean, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say that email my heart is not a deep cut. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I've I've made a mistake. No, it's fine. It's funny. My friend, my friend Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. She the like she does not have like a vast knowledge of pop music but there was one day a number of months ago she sent me a text message totally out of context and it was like why didn't you tell me about the song email my heart kevin i was like wow wow (laughs) it's so good yeah it's it's iconic truly it's a it's a deep cut too on on that album anyway but so i i get it sometimes you you can't go totally long or totally deep on pop music or emo music we all had right. an emo pay- phase some of us might still be in it at times i'm, I'm definitely still in it but. i am also i found a lot of bands that i call emo music for adults and so i'm i'm very on board with all of those i would love some recommendations because i'm um, still listening to emo music for children f- uh, future <laughs> teens future teens oh, okay is what i would call emo music for adults yeah yeah um but so rainbow kitten surprise this is are they like 
where are they from? When is this album from? Like, how did you come across this song? They're they're like a southern rock band, I would say, like southern okay. alternative. I think they're from from the Carolinas. I want to say I could be totally wrong, but I think it's somewhere out there. I have too many tabs open, so I don't want to risk opening another one. So let me just Google this quick on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I found this album the way that I find a lot of albums which is like as one of the songs came up on a playlist for me on like okay. a recommendations playlist okay. on Spotify and kind of the way that I digest music is I'll hear one song on an album and I will listen to that song only on repeat for months <laughs> so there's like at any given time there's like five or six songs that I'm listening to and that's all and then eventually something will happen and I'll be listening to that song and it will by chance get to the next song on the album and I'm like oh my god this is amazing and so then I listen to that song you're like and oh I'll... there's a whole album here oh wow yeah anyway you say you're too busy saving everybody else to save yourself and you don't want no help oh well that's a story to tell like you can let it all go you can let it all go Yeah, it takes me a really long time, but eventually I get to it. And I had heard, um, I had heard another song off of this record that I got obsessed with for a long time. And then I happened to be, um, I was running on the treadmill one day, and this song came on, and I had to stop running because I was like shaking. <laughs> it was just, oh, wow. like, yeah, it just really got me. Um, and then I, I listened to it again, like probably 400 times. Yeah, they, you were right there from North Carolina. Yep, that's what I thought. Years active, 2013 to present. Yep. Yeah, indie rock, alternative rock. This is just all very, uh, very informative Wikipedia yep. article on them. Yep. Um, yep. Influenced by, yeah, influenced by Modest Mouse, Kings of Leon, Frank Ocean, and Schoolboy Q. Uh, Interesting. A, I can uh, see. I can see all of those. Honestly, I was like, that. That is a barrage of imagery, and yes, it is. I, th- this did have big modest mouse energy at the 100%. beginning with the way yes. the the rollicking nature of it and kind of the speak singy um, rollicking. I really yeah. like that. Oh yeah, that's one of the that's one of the music words I to toss around. That's rollicking, a good one. jaunty. Uh, evocative, evocative imagery Ooh, like evocative yeah is always yeah, good yeah there you go mm-hmm. um so of all the tunes you picked uh it's called free fall anything else about this one aside from kind of like the uh downcast nature of its of its theme yeah there's a there's one section of the song that talks about um friendships and uh giving giving more to your friendships than you're getting back which has kind of been a weird, sad, again, theme of my life. Um, I'm an only child, so I grew up very, like, in my own 
head. Um, oh, shout I, out to Only Children. So am ooh, I. Oh, yay. Yeah. yeah. We're out here. We're okay. We are really, we are really out here. We're fine, kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> My therapist would disagree with yeah, that. <laughs> we say we're fine. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's um, just kind of about um them when you when you have a friendship and you rely too much on them and it means more to you than it does to them and that's something that i that's real talk yeah i get it yeah no it's i get it a lot yeah yeah so that's a that's a big mood yeah that is is hashtag (laughs) big mood Okay, so this, this one's is the a old... little happier, <laughs> a lot happier. In contrast, yes. Yes. Um, this one is the only one that I could speak to. Nice. Because the National are my second favorite band, only second only to Radiohead. Amazing. Um, they are also my second favorite band. Who is your first? Uh, Motion City Soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Weird. No, weird top uh, no, two, but not not really. They're from <laughs> uh, they're from Minnesota, aren't they? Are they? I think so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm a um, big fan. So the national, I've have you seen the national? I have live? so okay. many times. Yeah, yes. so have I. Yeah. Um. So you picked an oldie but a goodie. Yes. From Alligator. Yeah. Uh, arguably one of their best. I agree. If people don't agree, I will fight them in the street. Same. <laughs> I'll I'll fight with you. <laughs> but you picked all the wine, mm-hmm. and so. In terms of where the where you came to the national in your life, like how long have you been a fan for, and what how did you get into the band? Um, the first song that I ever heard was oh gosh, oh no, <laughs> I'm blanking on it. It's uh, it's from Boxer. Hold on Is one fa- second. Fake Empire. Yes. Okay. That was the first song I ever heard, and it was from um this guy that I had a crush on. It was his MySpace profile song. (laughs) Bless. That is Um, big 2007 energy. Yes, is it not? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I loved it. And then um, Mistaken for Strangers went on to be my, that is my favorite song of all time. Oh, wow. Period. Um, Wow. Absolutely love that song. Um, but yeah, I, I went backwards after that and I got really into Alligator. And this song in particular, I feel like, is the one song um, that I go to when I need like a boost. When I am feeling happy or, or want to feel happy, this one will do the thing. Okay. Yeah. I usually don't go to the National to feel happy. We, um, I know it's it's counterintuitive, but this <laughs> this particular song. I would say that, yeah, this is one of the, the least 
dark slash depressive songs, especially on Alligator. I mean, Alligator, I don't know if you have spent a lot of time analyzing the lyrics of the National slash the evolution of the National as a band. Um, In in this TED talk, I will talk about, <laughs> uh, but no, so the, I, I got to the national, I came to the national in 2006 and it was when alligator had been reissued with some extra tracks, like some remixes or whatever. And my friend from college was like, I think you'll really like this. And yeah. I listened to it and I was kind of like, yeah, this is, I was like, it takes a little bit to ease your way into it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I am 100% on board with this band. Yeah. And so my wife and I were really into this album and really into Boxer. And we saw them at a literal hole in the wall oh a God. month after Boxer came out. Oh, and my they God, that's incredible. They had no idea how famous they had gotten so quickly. Oh, my God. And so it was in Minneapolis. It was in this, like, dive bar. They got out on stage. They played, like, two songs. And Matt is like... So the last time we were here, there were 40 people in the audience and they were all kind of like, um, we did not expect that this would be this packed. Oh my God. That yeah. So it was goosebumps. very, it was very wild. It was a very wild show. Child ride. I'm so sorry, but the motorcade will have to go around it this time. Cause God is on my side. And I'm the child All the wine, I don't know. So lyrically and thematically, would you do you agree, disagree that this album and Boxer are more shadowy and fragmented in yeah. the lyrics and things Definitely. become a little more uh less ambiguous? Yes. On Definitely. high violet. Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah. I just Definitely. like I don't talk to too many people about national lyrics, but like that's kind of my my theory is that like they peak at high violet and the direction changes. It's still mm-hmm. good and they're still a good band and I still yeah, like it's different all though. of those latter day albums, but it is different. Yeah. Yep. So this is like dark, claustrophobic. Um, claustrophobic is a great word for yeah, 
yeah so this whole album i mean this i i'd say the geese of beverly road is probably one of my favorite national songs so good and that and then city middle and then mr november is like an Mm. unfuckwithable that's another that's another good moon one mr november Mm. um so have you heard the barty strange cover of this all the wine do you know barty strange no okay he is a singer and songwriter and producer he released a covers ep last february Okay. And it's all national covers. No. And they're all very drastically reimagined. Oh, I love from that the, so much. The originals. And then he put out a album of like original material last October. Okay. Um but so the national covers it's called the the EP is called Say Goodbye to Pretty Boy. Oh my god. And it's got so good. um All the Wine, Lemon World, Mr. November. About today, about today was the first single mm. off of it, and that was I read a thing. It was like Barty Strange releases Nationals cover thing. Listen to about today, and I was like, oh okay. I feel like covering the National is kind of like it can go either way. This is either going to work or it's going to be a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And from the instant it starts, he had me, and I was like, pre-order, buy, give, give, give it all to to him because oh this God. was amazing. So if you have a chance, you should check that out. Because I it's just really... saved it. Okay. I have to listen. <laughs> About today is a getter for sure. Yeah. I love the, um, the journey that they've taken with that song too, in terms yeah. of it being like a B or like a, an EP deep cut that they reimagined into something like visceral and cathartic that closes their concerts. Yeah. I actually heard that song for the first time live and I Oh my god, I, I cried. that would would have been way too much. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. It was really rough. <laughs> yeah, they uh the last time I saw them I think they closed with that and then did the encore with um Terrible Love and Mr. November and it nice. was just like it was just entirely too much for me oh, to, to handle. Yeah. Ugh. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about Matt's solo? Since we're talking about the National, we could just do a whole podcast about the National. How do you feel about Matt's, how about Matt's solo album? You know, I haven't gotten too far into it, okay. to be totally honest. Okay, that's okay. I, I should. I'll, all right, I'm saving that too. Um, I'll <laughs> listen, gonna, I'll listen to, to it one song at a time be, you're gonna for be the like, next oh, two I years. Did this, I did this podcast and this dude just kept giving me homework. No, um, I love it. No, the Matt's solo album is pretty good. Um, it's musically, it's a little more restrained than yeah. the band, but which they've, I feel like they've gotten pretty restrained, or yeah, you know, at least more so than it is. Um, I mean, it's more acoustic instrumentation. And oh, it's, interesting. It's kind of gentle in okay. terms of the kind of um, kaleidoscopic at times. Oh. Look at me throwing around these ten dollars. Wow, words like it's something to do. Impressed. Um, <laughs> the uh like the at least with um sleep well beast and i am easy to find and okay. like the way the organic sound of the band and then kind of the integration of synthesizers and drum machines like that kind of the way that all tumbles so his solo album is totally removed from all that and it's very gentle if well, that makes I sense gentle yeah it's right. like, I mean, it's good. Like, it's a good, like, if you're not doing anything on like a Sunday morning, it's like a good thing to just like toss on. All right. So there you go. That's a plan. <laughs> um, do you have anything else about all the wine slash the national? 
that you um, want to talk about in terms of um you know how they might have has have you ever tried doing a national cover i know you do some covers during your twitch I, yeah i do stream. a lot of them i'm okay I've, uh yeah I've, I've done lots of national covers i do mistaken for Stranger, uh, mistaken for strangers a lot because again i love that one but um i i would play a lot of them i take requests so how so you it's on twitch yeah. your stream right yeah is Twitch Twitch is not only for video games then is that correct? No. Okay. No, they're trying really hard to get more into the music side of things. Um and there okay. are a lot of really awesome people that stream music on and Twitch. And do you have to be like a Twitch member no. to to pull up and watch? Can you no. just pull up and watch? Yeah, okay. Anybody can watch. Um you can subscribe and that gets you certain benefits. Um Every once in a while, there can be an ad that you can skip if you're a subscriber, <laughs> or uh, you get special little like emojis, emotes. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's super fun, and I I take requests. I'll I, that's what I did for the last like five or six years is do cover gigs. So I'm pretty decent at learning songs on the spot, and uh, we have a What's, good time. What is your favorite cover to do? And uh, then. Sub question: What is your what is the least favorite thing, like or like worst cover you've ever done? Um, my favorite. This is a weird one, but for some reason, my like closing song for every cover gig I've done for the last how many years is uh, "Take Me Home Tonight" by Eddie Money. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I love playing that song. All the power chords in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's there's just something about it. It's got big, it's got big, big 80s energy. Yeah, it does. Um, It's a bop. Like, I will admit that it it is an 80s bop. I remember being very young when that came out and being like, yeah, this is a bop. I like this. Yeah. And my parents were like, you're four. What are you talking about? (laughs) Calm down, child. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot of like, all right, all right, relax. Yeah, I've I've played that one probably hundreds of times. Okay. And I'm not tired of it. Um, My least favorite is wagon wheel hands and, down yeah and that's uh i i get it yeah i, I always made people pay extra for that one <laughs> i did it in real life because uh, in arizona that's like weirdly a really popular request and after a while i was just like tip me big and i will play it a hundred dollars <laughs> I've never understood. I've never understood the draw of that song. Truthfully, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's not. I guess it's not that bad, but it is also. I don't know. No. I just. I, I mean, I don't even like. I don't like the hootie. The hootie mm. version. Darius oh, Rucker. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. I, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not um before we get into the second half of this because we got three more to do the the other question that I ask guests is. Uh, and this is one, if you don't have anything off the rip, you can think about it. We can come back to it at the very end. But um, I'm always interested to find out what people's earliest musical memories are. Like, what the earliest age you remember something related to music, like hearing a song on the radio or, like, when you first started playing guitar, like, why you wanted to start performing in the first place. Like, anything that you immediately go to um i'm always curious to hear because it's always it's usually a very fascinating kind of fragmented memory that people have yeah so you can think on it or unless you got one right right 
right from the get-go. Yeah, actually. Uh, the first the go. first song that I remember is I Love You Always Forever by Donna Lewis. That is an absolute banger. It's incredible. And I heard that recently in a grocery store, and my wife and I were both kind of just like shucking and jiving while we yes. were waiting for her food to yes. be ready. So fun. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, I had it on cassette. Nice. Um, nice. And it was... I didn't even... I don't think I had a, like my own cassette player. I would just make my mom play it in the car. But yeah. Um, <laughs> That's great. I love that it. That was my first one. That's such a good song. Too. It's amazing. Do you, ever, do you ever do that as a cover? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you do like every song? Do you know, like, do you have just like a list of hundreds and hundreds of songs know, that you've learned? I haven't ever kept a list because there's just too many. Okay. Um, I really should, but I've, you know, if I've heard it, I've, probably covered it at some okay point. um are those are i mean i know that you wanted to like do your own stuff and perform your own songs and not just play like hours and hours of covers for people to to drink around right but it was that like good like a any kind of like good experience or like a fun thing to do or oh, were you yeah. like man this okay I, definitely I and every I, night was different you know the, the yeah. location and the crowd and like all that stuff but there's definitely definitely really fun nights and also it was just like you know it's the reason that I got decent at playing um playing guitar and singing and um performing in front of people because I just did it yeah so much I was playing like seven nights a week for three it was like hours a couple a hours right yeah like three to four yeah. hours normally and yeah it was really good practice in a lot of ways um that's yeah that sounds like it could be like really great and also kind of like kind of not good at times but i'm it sounds like it was like a good growing experience in terms of like confidence and Definitely. focusing on your craft yeah even the nights that were really bad like i at least got a decent story out of okay. them <laughs> like the worse they were the better the story is <laughs> Lucy was seven and wore a head of blue barrettes. City born into this world with no knowledge and no regrets. Had a piece of yellow chocolate which she drew up on the street. The many faces of the various locals that she would meet. There was Joshua, age 10. Bully up the block who always took her milk money at the morning bus stop. There was Mrs. Crabtree and her pool. She always gave a wave and holler on her weekly trip down to the bingo parlor. And she drew. Men, women, kids, sunsets, clouds. And she drew. Skyscrapers, food stands, city towns. Always said hello to passersby. They asked her why she passed the time attaching lines of concrete. But she would only smile. Now all the other children living in or near her building. Ran around like tyrants soaking up the open fire hydrants They would say, hey, little Lucy, wanna come jump double dust? Lucy would pause, look, grin, and say, I'm busy, thank you much Well, well, one year passed, and believe it or not She covered every last inch of the entire sidewalk And she stopped, stopped. Yeah, after all this, you're just giving in today? She said, I'm not giving in, I'm finished And walked away, away. One, one, two, three, that's the speed of the sea A, B, C, that's the speed of the D You can dream a little dream, and you can live a little dream I'd rather live it, the dream is always cheap, but never get it Um, so we're we're sliding into the second half here, and you've got some some hip hop, some real hip hop here yeah. from ASAP Rock, which I knew the name, like I recognized the name, but I had never heard the song before. He's great. He's and amazing. so you you picked uh, No Regrets. Yep. And where does this one fall into your your musical life, or like kind of why did you do you listen to a lot of rap music or hip hop, real hip hop? Do you um, is that anything you dabble in? I definitely do. I definitely okay. dabble. Okay. Um, do you get a lot a, of hip hop requests? Do people want to hear you? 
yeah. up, do some kind of like if they do they want to hear you do ninety nine problems or some mm-hmm. kind of like popular they rap hear songs. The okay. white girl acoustic cover of <laughs> Hot in Here or whatever. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of that, um, but I love I love Aesop Rock in particular because he's so like heady. Um, his his lyrics are really really intense and um, like intelligent. Not that you know. Not that hot in here is not intelligent, but um, there's I mean, just there's a lot op- of depth. When with an opening line like "Good gracious, ass is bodacious," um, and nothing was the same. Nothing after. was the same. I remember that the first time, like my my wife and I were in the car once, and that came on, and she had like she was like familiar with the song, but like did not know the lyrics, <laughs> and I yelled that, and she was like, "A, why do you know this? B, what kind of what is happening?" and <laughs> So now sometimes oh, no. they say good gracious in the house and then she's like, asses bodacious. And I'm I like, guess. yeah, it is. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I guess we're talking about asses. But um yep. so yeah, ASAP Rock, I listened to this and I he's this was intense and the mm-hmm. sto- I really appreciated the storytelling element yes. of this because they're they're hip hop sometimes gets very aggrandizing and loses its focus uh in terms of telling like a like a narrative or developing a narrative and so like this one was very there is a clear narrative and it is a story song and i i was very appreciative of that lucy was 87 upon a deathbed at the senior home where she had previously checked in traded in the locks and clip for a headrest traded in the charcoal sticks for arthritis it had to happen she drew no more just sat and watched the dawn had a television in the room that she never turned on lucy pinned up a life worth of pictures on the wall and sat smiling looked each one over just to laugh at it all Eureka we had passed about five years back so the visiting hours pulled in a big flock of nothing she never spoken much to about the spanning of her life until the day she leaned forward grinned and pulled the nurse aside and she said look I've never had a dream in my life because a dream is what you want to do but still haven't pursued I knew what I wanted and did it till it was done so I've been the dream that I wanted to be since day one well the nurse jumped back she never heard Lucy even talk especially words like that she walked over to the door and pulled it closed behind the Lucy blew a kiss to each one of her pictures and she died one two three that's the speed of the sea come to asap rock like how do you how did you discover him or how did you get turned on to this i i think i actually picked up an album of his by almost accident um i thought the art was cool <laughs> so i picked it up and uh it was that's always that can be touch and go you can be like this looks this looks cool and then it's like not and or that happened a like, lot too yeah, that, um, yeah but there's a cool record store here in phoenix called zia and they you know, they have lots of like they have a big used section and everything is really cheap. And so I used to take a lot of chances like that when I was younger. Um yeah, and I think I found him when I was like probably seventeen or eighteen. Okay. okay. Um and yeah, that's what really like stuck with me is how amazing of a storyteller he is. Like all of all of his songs are um just really uh really paint a whole picture. Um 
And he's really like I love the sound of his voice. Also, just oh yeah, this was I mean this I could was listen intense. to him talk forever. It'd just read the phone book or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Um, um, so you pick no regrets though. Is this like where like um, I think I might know or have an idea of why you maybe wanted to t- to do this one. But why did you select this one out of all the ASAP Rock songs? It this song is very comforting to me and inspiring also because um, it's about. It's about this girl named Lucy, and mm-hmm. she spends her whole life um, just painting for no particular reason. She doesn't really have any friends. She doesn't really have any like true like goals or aspirations of being like an amazing like famous artist or anything. She just loves to paint, and she doesn't have any any regrets or any FOMO about that. And that's something that like sometimes just makes me feel better to hear. Um, I'm sure that Lucy is a fictional character, but um, I, I feel that way sometimes. And I, again, like, you know, I struggle to make friends and there's a lot of parts of my life where I was really like head down in into music and spent less time going out with friends or, you know, going to the bars and drinking or like having a good time. And music is the thing that like is the good time for me. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, that's that's why I really love this one because it makes that feel okay and not like not like I'm wasting my time to be so just like focused inward, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes total sense and I that's what I I kind of once he gets to the like conceit of the story at the end in like the last verse. Yeah. I it really hits and it hits really hard and I felt I felt that and I was kind of like I get this song. I think I get why she wants to talk about it. And I felt I a, yeah, a small sense of comfort. I was like, I get it. And like, you keep going and it's yeah. not always easy with whatever yeah. form of art you're doing, like music, visual art, writing, whatever, filmmaking. It's not going to be fun all the time. And you're going to feel sometimes like, man, I should just stop and do something else. But this was like, I was like, no, you keep, you keep going and like find like find the reason within to keep doing what you love regardless of if someone else like do it for yourself not for somebody else exactly yeah yeah no that 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 hit that hit hard when i was on the walk i bet yeah (laughs) that one that one is another getter for sure yeah it really yeah it was and it's 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 interesting to hear it um put into a song like this like a rap song right and not something like some heavy-handed like very saccharine singer-songwritery or like band arrangement right like to hear it like uh, a head nodding beat and yeah. his the cadence that he has with his delivery it's and very then, blunt it is very blunt yeah and the, you're in the story and i was kind of like where is this what is this narrative about like okay she's making paintings and blah, blah 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 and then you get to the end and i'm like oh shit like this is very real and i i understand completely sir bang bang let's go she's hanging half her body out the car window she's drinking every drop of the moon Said it's so nice of you to steal your mother's car and act eternal. But she seem more afraid than you used to.
Again, this neither of these last ones, I, uh, especially this next one we're getting to, I had never heard of. So, tell me about Louis Del Mar. He is another one of those that I just found a song of his one day. I listened millions of times and uh, just kept uh, working my way through this record. I just love, I love the sound of this record very much. It was a huge inspiration to me going into the studio, like. Um, I made playlists for like each of my songs and I think at least one of his songs made it onto every single one. Oh wow. Um, as like a I love this particular sound and want to okay. emulate it or um I just he's the way that he uses like acoustic guitars and textures, um, I just absolutely love. And this song in particular, it's just like it's really tense in a very cool way. Um and it the the chorus i guess they would call it is a uh, it's about remembering when you were younger and life didn't feel so heavy like mm-hmm. uh so like consequential and i think it goes back to just like my feeling of um impending doom all the time <laughs> and uh <laughs> just just thinking about how life didn't used to be dangerous and now it is, and nothing really changed. And I find I feel like that's just an interesting. That is that's way to a, think and about I it. totally understand. Like I get that. I really do. I think about yeah. that a lot too, actually. Um, No, I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer. That's that's it. That's it. Since we're talking about like how you were trying to shape the sound of your record, I guess what uh, since I have I'm one of the few people who have probably gone back and listened to your older material. And oh then, God, I'm sorry. Don't apologize. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's funny that because I I I had ordered when you were selling your yeah. like the bundle of your old CDs, and uh, I had you had written me a note that was like 
go easy on the first one. I was a teenager yeah, when I made yeah, it. Yeah. And I thought that was really <laughs> the self-effacing nature. I was like, it's very charming. But I was like, okay, it's, it's okay. But I was listening to those and it's like, how they're different, but they're not. And so I'm curious how you have like grown in how you write songs, what kind of instrumentation you want, how you made the shift from being like, I primarily play acoustic guitar uh, and these are the songs that I'm writing to making the kind of record that you put out this year. Like, was was it a intentional shift, a slow shift? Like, where was the turning point for you in terms of being a performer to go from something like the your previous material to what you're doing now? Yeah, it was definitely really, I, I had a lot more intention going into this than I've ever had before. Um, and it's it's hard, uh, you know, I've as a young lady making music, for one, there's a lot of, uh, like, influence that comes in when you're working with a producer. It can be harder to stand up for yourself and to express your ideas and feel heard. And that's something that I, I had a really hard time with. Uh, when I was younger and it's, it's still hard it's it never goes away but you learn over time how to um how to communicate like what you're what you're looking for and what sounds you want yeah. and part of that obviously was like you know using actual references and um just having having a clearer vision for myself being really involved in making demos and you know just having my parts available like this is exactly what I'm trying to do um and I just, you know, I started making music when I was 12. So I didn't have as much of a of a direction at that time. And I think I learned a little bit with every every time I went in to record. I made five EPs, I think, between then and now. Um, and every time I, f- I felt a little closer to, like, being able to say, okay, this is what I want to do. And uh, in this record, this was the time that I I finally was like, okay, I have a clear vision. I know mm. exactly what I want. I found the producer that I think is going to be able to do that because in Phoenix, there's really limited options. Sure. Um, and so I, I ended up leaving Phoenix. I went to Seattle. I worked with uh, the producer that has made uh, all of Danielle's, Danielle Dirac's albums. And so I, yeah, I went in just like, with a with a very clear roadmap of this is what I'm trying to go for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you trying? Do you like? I mean, I know you're going out on the road, and like when you play shows in Phoenix now and everything. Do you go back into your old stuff at all, like to do a couple, or are you just like new stuff only, or like new album only? It's been um, new stuff only so far. Okay. Um, there is one song that I've that I played at the the first show back, an older song called Uncomfortable. Okay. Um, oh, you shout out to your t-shirts. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I ordered one. I got oh, it. Oh, thank I, you so much. Of course. I really appreciate it. They're they're fun. I actually I wear one pretty often. Um, I I I mean I I couldn't hit buy now fast enough truthfully. <laughs> and it's funny because my therapist when we're talking in the Zoom, she has this thing where she's always like you have to acknowledge when things are uncomfortable. 
What a better and, way. And sometimes she's she she does this too, and she'll be like she'll she'll be like I'll be in a situation and I'll just scream, "This is uncomfortable!" And so I'm excited <laughs> to pull up in the Zoom and be like, "Yo, check look out what the I got! Yeah, I don't even have to say it. <laughs> I'm just gonna just wear this know. seven days a week. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So no, that um, that's cool. No, I. I kind of figured you were like you had a chance to do something that you had wanted to do and a sound that you wanted. And like the point of reference thing is is huge in terms of like, yeah, here are sonic elements that I would like to embrace and put into my own tunes. Um, but yeah, that's I, that's the, 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 the shift. I was like, I was really surprised. I like I liked all of the older material. Like you don't have to you don't have to like do like an aw shucks i'm so young <laughs> don't listen to those i thought they were great but it's totally like it's a night and day difference oh, and it's thank like you. yeah no they're they were great but i i mean the new album is just like such a banger and uh but i just i was curious i was like damn this is just like a totally different person and it's yeah. not it's the the focus is so sharp you can hear it like right from the beginning thank you um yeah yeah so, there are definitely some older songs that i want to bring bring back in that mindset but okay yeah we'll get around to it sure um anything else about Louis del mar before you cruise into the last one and wrap up um i don't think so i okay. i do i do really love the line uh running used to get me high but now i only feel tired i think <laughs> yeah, about that, that a lot I, that that also hit yeah, yeah. i was like <laughs> I'm, oh i'm so tired all the time too yeah. i get it the bird. 
Um, so the last one you picked is by a group called Master System, mm-hmm. and this is a song called "Bird Is Bored of Flying," and this is this sounded really familiar to me. But I swear I've never heard this song or this band before. Have you heard but like of this... Frightened Rabbit? Yes. Okay, so this is the same singer. Okay, that's why then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that he had a, a different project. Yeah. Uh, apparently a lot of people didn't, which is crazy to me. I, I love Frightened Rabbit a lot, but I, I think I might like Master System a little bit more, weirdly. Um, yeah, this is Scott Hutchinson's side yeah. project. I, you know, so like Frightened Rabbit, like I know, I know Scott passed a number of years ago. Yeah. And um, so like I see a lot of stuff online about Frightened Rabbit. And like I know that they did like a tribute album a yeah. couple of years ago that had some some good covers on it. But I, aside from like their popular singles, I never sat down with any of those albums. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of feel like I've made a, like a mistake in doing that, but they, they just never came around at the right time for me. Yeah, I know how that goes for sure. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me that goes through that. No, not at all. Uh, um, but so how did you come to Master System? Um, I had I had heard about them. I think he had, I followed him from Frightened Rabbit and he had posted mm-hmm. something and um I think the first one I heard was Proper Home from that record. And just okay. like hearing his voice in like a heavier context was really, really exciting for me. Um, this is just really makes a lot heavy of duty. Yeah, this is, is just like, this is, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is a, a, a big one for you to close with. I know. The, the I, I realized tunes. that I shouldn't have put this one last because it no. also is the biggest downer. Oh, that's okay. For that's sure. how you. That's how you structure things. <laughs> you do something big and cathartic and downy clowny right at the mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, he he had written a few songs. He did. He passed away, um, uh, by his own choice a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, devastating, but he had written a handful of songs that kind of like alluded to the fact that that was coming. Um. And this was one of them. And this song is weirdly comforting when I think about that. I know, I know that doesn't make much sense. No, I um, I get it. I don't know if everyone else out there. In yeah, I don't think will, everyone will get, will get it. it. That's okay. Because it, it is, it's absolutely tragic that he's gone. And I, I honestly, truly like miss having new music from him. Like yeah. I'm just, I am truly such a fan and he was such like a wonderful person. Um, but this song gives me comfort that he, that he really was like tired of this, um, which is, is, it's hard to grapple with, but, um, I, I think that he is happier now and, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I don't like to think about that often that like some he he literally has the line i never asked to be alive in this song which is something that i joke a lot um but i you know i didn't i did not ask to be i joke a lot about that too i'm glad that it's not just me who (laughs) makes jokes like that absolutely Um, not yeah i think Um, about that that's something i think about a lot and i i try to find i try to read the room before i make jokes like that um yeah because the 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 real dark jokes like that don't always go over super well depending on the, the company you're in yeah, you um never know. yeah you know no you're not you, you never know um but yeah no so i get i i, to, I totally get that and yeah that's um 
that's it's like yeah that's like a like a very stark observation that kind of like it's this very specific kind of person that's going to resonate with right i love i just love that there there again is like a bit of a sense of humor in it too oh yeah um there's some sass yeah the little i um as i leave the sky for the earth i shed my feathers and my small net worth <laughs> it's just god damn it scott i shed shed my feathers and my small net worth here comes the ground again i want less i want less i want less shooting down bands that come through arizona do you see them do you, yeah did you go yeah to i have seen them okay yeah did you i mean as a as a performer i'm sure you probably went to your fair share of concerts yeah um are there like a lot of good venues in the phoenix area there are now okay um there weren't for a long time um but in the last i would say like five or six years we've had a really big come up and there are some awesome places um and then was that like really uh, among the challenges? 
of the last year and a half was not going to shows difficult for you as someone who is a musician slash likes seeing bands perform yeah it was definitely a big bummer um but i think the the cool thing is that there was some like um like alternative exciting things like with streaming being so popular there was some really like interesting performances that i don't think i would have ever had a chance to see like ben gibbard was doing that uh that stream like once a week just solo from his house um and i don't think that if if any of this ever happened i would have gotten to see that so yeah i try to look at the bright side every once in a while as much as as much as one can look at the bright side of before it hurts my eyeballs (laughs) the events of the last 18 19 months or whatever yeah 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 but it's it's nice that it's back um phoenix has been really i feel like uh really quick with the turnaround and now that touring is getting back it's kind of everywhere but um we we got the vaccines rolled out pretty efficiently right at the beginning and um so yeah we've started to see a lot more local shows happening right away yeah, I have friends that live in Tucson, and they went nice. to get they went to Phoenix, I think, to get vaccinated. And it was they just were in their car in mm-hmm. line at a stadium. Yep. And they each it was it's my it's my friend who is also named Kevin and his wife Elizabeth, and they each stuck their arm out a window mm-hmm. and got got it, and then that was that's that on that. And I was yep. like, wow, that's absolutely wild. I had it's to go crazy. To, I had to go to a Walmart. That's so funny. Go to the pharmacy. I actually got mine because I volunteered at the stadium. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, I was the person with the iPad right before you roll into the tent to get your vaccine. Oh, wow. Verified all the information. (laughs) That's cool that you volunteered to do that. It was actually one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had because it was, it was when they had first opened it up to... Um, I think it was like people over 50 at the time and everyone was just so excited and it was the first time being around excited people in a while. Um, it was just like a little glimmer of hope. <laughs> yeah, it's like hearing it's everyone's so stories about like stuff like that and like waiting or like, you know, being just feeling like happy or whatever after getting it. I was just like, I left work for an hour and went and got it and then went back to work so anticlimactic it was kind of anticlimactic and everyone's like how do you feel and i'm like well my arm really hurts but other than that i'm okay (laughs) so anything else about master system and or scott or and and this tune or are we are we all wrapped up i guess that's it okay again just listen to master system because they're good yeah, I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the rest of this album. This is sure. the only song on the album that's uh this uh relevant in this particular way. Okay. The rest are pretty cool and okay. happy. not happy, but happier than okay. this. <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna be like the rest of it's darker than this, and I'll be like, say less. Like yeah. sign me up. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but <laughs> he actually he does have one song called Floating in the Fourth, which is the particular river that uh, <laughs> oh, no. i know i know oh no oh, i know no. i know oh boy um well so we've reached the end of your list and uh i know so we've we've alluded to the fact that you were going on a tour a pretty lengthy tour a big so one you talk, and so i mean like this will be i'm gonna get this out 
in the world in time for people to um, check out the other groups that you're touring with and like get tickets and everything. So do you want to talk a little bit about like how you got involved in this tour and like these other groups that you're going on the road with? Yeah. So it's the Front Bottoms and Oso Oso, two really, really awesome bands. The Front Bottoms is like a band that my partner Chuck and I have like heavily bonded over. Okay. Um, Just love them very much. Very like, I would say, jangly emo vibes um (laughs) question mark (laughs) yeah i think so um but really good stuff um yeah my first tour so i got i got signed to a label last year uh in the midst of all the bad Mm -hmm. that happened and then from that arose a really incredible uh manager who's been life-changing for me and um also a booking agent my first ever booking agent who who just had had the vision and managed to pull that off right out of the gate literally well, so the are first these thing are these either of these bands also from phoenix no at all? Or, okay. i think they're both from uh like a northeast i think because we're starting in connecticut okay. um so i think that i think that they're both kind of up in that zone okay yeah so this will be your first, like re- your first time, kind of venturing out into, yeah. So, front bottoms are from New Jersey. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, you'll be seeing, you'll be seeing the, the whole country because you're on like the whole tour. Like it's like a really long. Yeah, it's like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, one of the first nights is in New York, which I've never been to New York before. Get um, a go to a souvenir stand. Get a little Statue of Liberty. I have to. I mean, that's just, <laughs> and I'll put it on the dashboard for the rest of the tour, and she'll guide us. Get a get a Yankees fitted cap, and <laughs> you know New York yeah. stuff. Get New York stuff. Get some Sabaro pizza. That oh, local yes. That local favorite. <laughs> oh my god! What a dream. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm I when I saw all that all those announcements, I was like, that is so fast for you to I get know. on. Like things are opening back up, and you're like you're headed out on this it's whole crazy. long thing. It's so crazy. I didn't very think. Wild. I did not think that there would be any touring until at least 2022. So, oh, no, that's great. I'm, it feels I, fast, but I'm I'm here for it. That's well. That's exciting. It's exciting for you to get out on the road and support the album and play shows again and everything. Is it? Are you going out with the band, uh, a band, or is it just you? Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, uh, two two of the members that played on the record. So my okay. bass player is my partner Chuck, and uh, the guitar player that played on the record is this awesome guy named Sebastian, um, and he's from Seattle and hooked us up with a good friend of his also from Seattle who's going to play drums. So okay. So yeah. it's a four piece. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. That's great. Yeah, I really liked your audio tree sessions. Oh, thank um, you so much. That was also a dream. Yeah, that was that was really good, and it was really cool to hear the songs in a slightly different context, and to see kind of how they've evolved already from the time you recorded to the time yeah. the album came out to the, been, uh... the, the the you and the group together in the room like that. Yeah, it's been interesting trying to figure out how to play these songs live because there's so much going on there there is a lot going on on some mm-hmm. of these yeah there yeah. and that's what i was one of the things i i love about the album is just how uh intricate a lot of it is like the production and the arrangement um yeah. so yeah i'm i as i i sent you that message 
uh, I have terrible concert anxiety. I always yeah, have. I totally get that. Honestly. And, and I was kind of like, it was funny. So at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, there were all these shows coming through Minneapolis and I live like 45 minutes South of Minneapolis. And I'm like, Oh man, this band is coming. And wow, this band is coming can I overcome my constant anxiety to get tickets for this? I don't know, man. And then it was like, do I buy tickets? And then it was like, everything is terrible. Everything like, is shut ah, down. You can't. Every, every show is canceled. And I'm like, oh, it's a good thing I didn't buy tickets for that. Now things are opening back up and all the shows are coming through. And I'm just kind of like, ooh, how how much do I want to push this right now? But yeah. I'm going to, I'm I'm happy that you're on the road and I want to like, I'm going to try so one hundred percent. If you want to, you will be on the guest list. So. That's very, that's very kind and generous of you. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm appreciative of that. But uh, so we'll see. But that's so you are. When does the tour start? It starts September fourteenth. Okay, and you were on the road through October. Yep. Okay, that's yep. exciting. That's yep. very exciting. I'm super um, stoked. Is there anything else that you want to get into, talk about at all that we didn't mention uh, um, during this? Or we, is this any final thoughts, any additional words of wisdom to uh, instill upon the listening audience? I think I plugged all my plugs. Okay. I guess I would say, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I think, you know, I, I obviously, I choose a lot of dark songs and I have a lot of uh, existential paranoia in my body at all times but things still seem to be going pretty well in my immediate orbit so I guess what I will say is that even when things are bad sometimes they're good I I appreciate that because that is a, a thing that I try to do and I don't do a very good job of it yeah is um practice gratitude as yeah. clo- as cloying as it sounds Sometimes uh, you just have to stop and try to find one small thing to be grateful for in a day, whether it's like a conversation you have with somebody that made you laugh or, um, you know, something really huge and great happening to you. Uh, It's always a good time to stop and just reflect slightly. So uh, I, I don't do it as often as I probably should. It's but not it sounds, easy. But. It's, no, it's not easy. Gr- gratitude is not easy, but it sounds like you overall are like th- big things are happening. So Big things. Big I'm tings. still here. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's, that's, uh, that's, I'm, <laughs> um, I say that a lot too. Sometimes, like sometimes when people I run into are like, well, how are you doing? I'm like, well, despite my best efforts, I'm still here. We're and they're like, it. oh, what does that mean? And I'm like, it's open to interpretation. So. <laughs> Well, let's so just I let you it. sit with that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you sit with that. You you <laughs> unpack that for me. <laughs> oh, oh Sydney, thank you so much. I can't like a, a an endless well of thanks to oh you for gosh. taking time out of your out of your evening thank to you. chop it up with me, and also for picking tunes to talk about, um, and being willing to come onto the podcast. Like I, I this is huge for me as both a fan, um. And just as someone who likes talking to somebody else about music, so I'm I'm just very grateful that you uh, wanted to do this and take part in this. So thank you so much. I am very grateful as well. Thank you for having me. Of course. All I want is cold black coffee grass.
We are currently listening to the opening track off of Sydney Sprague's debut full-length album, Maybe I Will See You at the End of the World. The song is called I Refuse to Die. The album is out right now via Rude Records. You can stream it uh, in places where you stream music, like Spotify or uh, Apple Music. You can download it if people are still into downloading things and having them on their computer for forever. Or you can purchase it uh, in in physical copies from her website, uh, sydneysprague.com. You can also find information about her upcoming tour, uh, which begins this fall and treks across the entire United States. Many dates on that tour. You can also check her out on Instagram, where she is verified, got that blue checky on decky, uh, and from there you can also learn about her series of live streaming events on Twitch, which usually occur Mondays and Fridays. This has been another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. I am still your host, Kevin Krein. This is, of course, the audio extension of the award-winning music website, Anhedonic Headphones, uh, which is cooking right through its eighth year in existence. Uh, You can find me on social media, on Twitter, and on Instagram as at KevEFly, and you can subscribe to this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold, like Google, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So thank you again for joining me today on this episode, and thank you again to my guest, Sydney Sprague. Check her out. If you don't, you are doing yourself an enormous disservice.